Hey, hey, sisters, welcome back to another episode here on the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, and today I'm inviting you to grab your coffee and sit down and enjoy this wonderful conversation that I had with Christy Thomas. We are talking all about the fruit of the spirit. She wrote a book, Fruitful, 100 Family Experiences for Growing in the Fruit of the Spirit. And as you may already know, the fruit of the spirit is super important to me. It is our family verse, family motto, and just a wonderful guide towards living a life with Christ. Are you overwhelmed by your never ending to-do list? Are you tired of your schedule running you? Do you struggle to find balance or harmony between mom life and everything else that you have on your heart and on your plate? If you're here, you're likely a busy mama wearing multiple hats, the most important of which being child of God and mom simultaneously. You desire to live more intentionally, striving to be a good steward of all the gifts that God has given you, and you want more productively peaceful days. Welcome to the Intentional Mom Life with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, Jesus freak, mom blessed by adoption, wife, wonderluster, and your intentional living and biblical mindset coach. On this podcast, you will find abundant motherhood solutions that will set you free from the chaos, overwhelm, that never-ending to-do list, and help you create a schedule that actually works for you and your family. My mission is to help busy mamas just like you establish faithful foundations, live from purposeful priorities, and master your motherhood mindset. If you're here, you're ready to say yes to intentional, productive, and peaceful days in Jesus. So grab your cold brew and your planner or strap those kiddos into the car seat and let's jump into today's episode. here with another special guest, Christy Thomas. She is a Western Canadian homeschool mom of three boys and spends her evenings helping Christian parents disciple their kids without having to know it all nor do it all. She is the author of several books for Christian parents, including Quinn's Promise Rock and Fruitful. 100 Family Experiences for Growing in the Fruit of the Spirit. Christy, thank you so much for being here. Super excited to dig into this conversation. But first, I want to know anything more you want to add to that bio? Sure. Well, I feel like as you were saying that, that there's like a big chunk of my life that is pretty relevant to this conversation, but I didn't add in my bio. And that's that I used to be the children's ministry director at my church. So I've worked with kids aside from my own for a long time. So I, from about 2006 to 2018, I was the children's ministry director at my church, just part-time and just, you know, worked a couple of days a week and Sundays while my kids were young. It was good. It kept me sane because <laughs> I got to go and be in an office for a couple of days a week. And then I came home and was able to really pour into my kids a lot better. Felt like it was good for me then. And now I'm a homeschool mom. So I'm home all the time. <laughs> But somehow, even though I love the preschool age, it seems easier now that my kids are a little older. So if you're wondering how old my boys are, they're currently 13, 10, and eight. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, I always, okay. know, how old are your kids? <laughs> it's so funny. I've been talking to a lot. I'm a boy mom. I've been talking to a lot of boy moms lately and hmm. it's like, really no girls, no girls, no girls. Like where are all the girls? <laughs> 
You know what? I think that, I mean, I would love to raise girls. I think that would be really cool too, but I, I see so many Christian families with boys and I think it's just such an opportunity for us to raise men of integrity who yes. are going to grow up to love their wives and love their children and just be lights in the world when men have just so much natural influence in the world. So I'm excited to be able to raise men. Yes. Yes. I agree. I love that. I, I think, you know, when I see my son, I'm like, you're going to make a great husband one day, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just cause he's so sweet and he's so gentle. And I'm like, okay, how do I preserve these character qualities and not, you know, tamper them down in any way? Um, okay. So Christy, I know before jumping on, we've talked about the fruit of the spirit. You have this fruitful book. Um, and you know, just I think on the show, I've talked multiple times about the fruit of the spirit. Maybe not, maybe it's only been on other people's show, but (laughs) it's definitely our family verse and our family motto. We use it for, um, like raising and instructing and, you know, disciplining our kids and our family too. You know, it's just like such a reminder. We have it on our wall in the living room. So really main big picture piece I've got a shirt I actually wore yesterday. That was one of our adoption fundraisers that just has the fruit of the spirit listed down it. Um, and so just all these really great reminders of this, because I, I see them as character qualities, um, mm-hmm. that we can live with and live from, but I want to know all that you have to say and share about the fruit of the spirit. I want to know more about what's in this book. So take it away. All right. Well, I'm excited that you already have that basis in your life. I know a lot of people who just really love this list of beautiful character qualities. And we think they're so beautiful because they're Jesus's character qualities. Um, He is the one who exhibited the ultimate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I think that's why we love them so much because we want to be like Jesus. Um, So one of the things that I ran into when I was the children's ministry director was that we would often do the fruit of the spirit because it's fun, right? You can have these cute fruits and fun crafts, but I found that the kids didn't really grow all that much through it. And I I finally figured out why. And I think it's because um, we tend to make it this, make it sound like a to-do list, like, oh, you have to be more loving. Okay. Let's practice our kindness. So, and those are not bad things in themselves, but the fruit of the spirit itself, the the whole point is the how of this list. So yes, there's this list. This is the what, the what is the love, joy, peace, patience, all those things, right? Um, But we miss out on the how, and the how is that it's fruit of the spirit. And who is the spirit? That's Jesus' spirit living in us, growing this fruit in us. And how do we grow that? Well, Jesus gives us a very clear connected analogy to that when he says, I am the vine and you are the branches and you cannot bear fruit without me. Any vine that is not connected to Christ, any vine that is not bearing fruit is cut off. And if you're not connected to the vine, you can't bear this kind of spiritual fruit. So that doesn't mean that you can't be a kind person if you're not connected to Jesus, but the the real deep kind of spiritual kindness that we're talking about, the kind that goes above and beyond that loves the enemy that is compassionate beyond all human, you know, expectations. That is the fruit of the spirit. That is only because of God working in us. So when we approach it with kids or when I approach it with kids, I really love to approach it through Jesus. So as you, you can see in my book, um, I just said, you know, often we talk about these things as they're a little bit kind of nebulous. Okay. We say, be kind. That one's probably the easiest one, (laughs) 
be kind. We know, we all know what kindness looks like, but what is, um, godly self-control look like? What does peace look like? And so we go back to Jesus and say, instead of just, you know, thinking about these as fruits, you know, we tend to say like, peace is like a banana or, <laughs> like, right. you know, peace is like a pineapple. Well, peace isn't really like a pineapple, right? That's kind of a metaphorical concept that don't, doesn't really connect with our kids. And honestly, doesn't really connect at all. <laughs> right. But we try, we do, we're trying to like connect these things to fruit. So instead of connecting them to like fruit, like actual fruit, like apples, you know, like joy is like a banana. Cause it looks like a smile. I don't know. <laughs> I want, I go back to Jesus. Okay. So what, how does Jesus exhibit joy? How does he exhibit peace? How does he teach about peace and love? How does, what, what is, happens when Jesus shows kindness to someone? What does Jesus gentleness look like? What is actual gentleness? If we look at Jesus, we can see that gentleness isn't weakness. So we just go back to Jesus every time. So really this fruitful book is a devotional book on Jesus. It goes through the gospels and it's all about what Jesus said and did and how he lived out his life, basically his like hands, his habits and his heart. And so, and then how he exhibited those fruit of the spirit. So we actually hit most of the stories, a lot of the teachings of Jesus in these hundred lessons. Wow. That is powerful. I think that's such a beautiful way to say it too. It's like going back to, okay, how did Jesus like display and act out these characteristics? And I love Mm. that you brought it back to the vine and the branches because it's so true. You know, we can't, we can't look at the fruit of the spirit as a to-do list or even like actions and behaviors that we want to have without looking behind that and looking at, um, the thoughts and beliefs and the intents of the heart really that are behind those things. And I love that you pointed out because that's a big thing for me. Like, you know, with my son, he's a toddler right now. So it's like, is hitting kind, is that being gentle, you know? And so using the fruit of the spirit in that sense, but then there's also, I remember a day that, um, I was just, I was not being very patient. I was, you know, short tempered. I was just frustrated that day. And my, my son was sitting on my lap and we were having a little bit of a talk and he points out to like, I had the fruit of the spirit shirt on and he points to patience. And I was just like, okay, God, I hear you. You know, (laughs) that's been a really good verbal cue, but I love that you you're taking it as so much more than that as like, okay, what are these things actually? And Mm. It's so crazy because I was on, um, a podcast of a friend and she does like goes through scripture and just like breaks it down Mm -hmm. and processes scripture Mm -hmm. in like 10 minutes a day. So it's really like digestible way for you to, you know, while you're doing your makeup or whatever, as a busy mom to like get in the word of God in a deep and powerful way. Um, and, and in an applicable way. And so she invited me on her show and we were talking about the fruit of the spirit. And it ended up being like a seven episode, like (laughs) series, because there's just so much to do with the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And in that, I remember talking about, I wore my fruit of the spirit shirt one day to the gym. And as I was like checking in the guy at the front said, Oh, those are a lot of like nice words on your shirt. And I was like, do you not know what the fruit of the spirit is? Like <laughs> they're more than just words. Like I was almost offended, you know, cause I was just like, there's so much more than words. Um, 
so just digesting that. But then recently I bought this, like, um, it, I think it's called the spiritual seeds planner and it hmm. all has to do with the fruit of the spirit. But I love that in that planner, they broke it down and had like cross references to verses that I would have not pulled up on my own. Hmm. And so then That's even cool. still having this conversation with you, I am like so excited to dig into this devotional because I'm pretty sure God has shown you and like connected dots and all these different things mm-hmm. just to fully like round out, like what is the fruit of the spirit? And so do you want to dig any deeper into that? Give us any examples, like what more is in this book in terms of like maybe some specifics or an example or how we would go about using this and applying it in our lives and our families. Yeah, oh, sure. Okay. Well, I was just thinking as you were talking the fruit of the spirit. I mean, that the, the clue is in the title. So the, the whole thing started out with me just saying, well, if the fruit of the spirit comes from the spirit who is Jesus spirit, then surely Jesus is going to exhibit them all completely. Like that's just going to be who he is. But we often don't think about Jesus as, you know, ex- exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. We don't think of him as being joyful, really. I mean, if you think, like when I was first researching this, I was like, what are your first impressions of Jesus? Do you think of him as being joyful? And people are like, like a muted joy, like a deep dinner joy. We don't really think about Jesus, like joking around, <laughs> right? But there's yeah. nothing wrong. There's nothing sinful about joking around. So he probably was joking around with his disciples and maybe he's a prankster. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I just well, have to say, if you've seen the chosen, have you yes. seen the chosen? Yeah. I, I love, love that that brings like the humanness to him almost. And he does joke around in that. And I'm like, you know, I bet that's probably pretty accurate. It doesn't say that in scripture necessarily, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure like if we're made in his image and, and we do that, you know, how, how could he not almost, you know? So I love that you pointed that out. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible and Jesus laughed or, and Jesus cracked a smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we kind of have to read into a little bit, but if you think about Jesus, he was being criticized for going to too many parties. So that gives you a little bit of a clue there. We don't really invite the party pooper to the parties. Right. <laughs> you know, it's probably somebody that people want to get to know. They enjoy being around. The children are attracted to him. Children are not traditionally attracted to grouchy adults. <laughs> so he's not grouchy. <laughs> yes. So that was actually one of the trickiest ones. And one of the ones that I think was so powerful to me seeing Jesus as truly joyful and also what brings Jesus joy. So if you look at the three stories of something that is lost and then is found. So the coin and the sheep and the lost son, well, the lost sons, when they're found again, every character throws a party. The woman throws a party. I found my silver coin or whatever it was. And uh, I found my sheep. Let's have a party. And so that is the way that Jesus and God feel about us when we turn back to him. He throws a party. (laughs) He's so excited. And that is what brings him joy. And I, I just love being able to communicate that to my kids as well. Like Jesus is not just like staring at you from across you naughty child. (laughs) He is joyful in you. Like he, he just loves you so much. He wants to be with you. And when you turn to him and are looking at him and repenting, he's like, yeah, let's pop some, let's blow up some balloons. Let's have cake. (laughs) Absolutely. I love being able to communicate that to my kids, this joy that comes through Jesus. And this is the kind of like breakdown and stuff we can expect in the 
devotion? Oh, absolutely. So each one goes like, so I pick a, a verse or a, a passage from Jesus life and then just talk about how it, how it connects to the fruit of the spirit, but also how it connects to us. So, um, oh, there's actually one right here. Okay. Has anyone ever thrown you a surprise birthday party? If not, here's how it works. And then I explain how a surprise birthday party works. <laughs> they love to throw surprise parties as a way to show you how much you're loved. So in the verses that we're reading is the story of the disciples coming back from Emmaus or, oh, sorry, walking to Emmaus. And then Jesus kind of joins them and they don't know who he is. So in the verses we read today, two of Jesus' followers were going for a walk on the day of Jesus' resurrection. Only they didn't know it was a special day yet. It was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Even when Jesus joined them, he didn't tell them who he was. God specifically kept them from recognizing Jesus. Kind of like if your dad made you wear a blindfold in the car on the way to your surprise party. <laughs> Jesus pretended not to. And then we talk about um, the joy there, but also the patience that Jesus had with them. They're confused and they're like, ah, what? And he's like, how do you not get this yet? And he, he shows so much patience with his disciples. So a lot of the patience ones are about Jesus showing patience with his disciples. Yeah. <laughs> Just a warning. <laughs> and how much patience Jesus has with us and how, because of that, um, because we have Jesus spirit living in us, then we can show patience to others as well. Yes. I love that. So it's stories throughout Jesus's life mm-hmm. and all the fruit of the spirit that you've recognized in that story is broken out into that devotion mm-hmm. and ties it to real life stuff. Like, yes. Oh yes. From what we can, what we can know and experience in this, you know, 21st century living. Yeah, absolutely. And really applicable for kids too, because (laughs) my editor was like, so how does this one specifically apply to children? Can you give me some examples? So if I didn't give enough examples, she was on me, like, come on, think harder. (laughs) Like, how does this apply to children? So we've got all kinds of specific examples. So the book is laid out as, um, there's 10 sections and the first section is just kind of about the fruit of the spirit and how do we grow in the fruit of the spirit is about being connected to Jesus. And what does that look like? So I break down a few of those little metaphors. You know, Jesus is the light of the world. Plants need light. Jesus is the food. Like he calls himself the bread of life and plants need food. And um, it talks about having our rootedness in Christ. And then the, each section acts well, each section after that <laughs> goes into one specific fruit of the spirit, but obviously they are kind of linked together, yeah. right? Like you don't have love without gentle, you don't have gentleness without love. You don't have peace without joy. Like all those things are connected, but I did yeah. kind of try to break them into topics. Awesome. So mm-hmm. two things came to mind. One, is this directed towards any specific age group? Well, I would say you're probably going to get the most out of it. If your kids are between like three and 13, okay. um, I, it I would be pretty hard to do with a two-year-old. <laughs> They're not, they're just not going to sit through it. It is pretty short, but it's not short enough for a two-year-old. And then if your kids are like 18, but I have, you know, they might not super love it because most of my like specific examples are, you know, kind of kid examples, but I have had a lot of parents tell me that they are getting a lot out of it as well. So I guess it kind of depends on what your family is like. If you're, if your older kids are used to you doing this kind of thing with them, they'll love it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> if they're used to stuff that's more targeted specifically at adults, then they might think it's a little young, but I, 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 my concepts are, or not my concepts, the concepts that I discuss in it are deep, but I try to approach them in a way, like I use language that a kid would understand. So, um, they're deep, but accessible. Okay. 
And it's designed to be done as a family. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually discussion questions after each one. So, I mean, you could use them as journaling questions instead, I suppose, if you were doing it on your own, but it is designed to be read together. And then you discuss together and you ask questions like, let me pull up some questions here. See, one of the ones that we were doing today. Oh, today we were talking about goodness and um, we were talking about the golden rule, actually. And I just said, like, what would happen if all the Christians in the world followed the golden rule all the time? <laughs> and then I said, what would happen if our family, in our family, if we chose to behave like this all the time? <laughs> and we, yeah, we were like, hmm, that's an excellent question. We'd probably look a little different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love this. Everyone listening needs to go snag this and maybe we can, <laughs> maybe we can go through it all together, not just discuss as a family, but discuss in the community. And, um, I just love everything to do with the fruit of the spirit. Cause just like you're saying, you you've prepared this 100, essentially 100 day devotional bug about it. And, and I'm sure God has so much more in that, you know, in the rich discussions that we can have with our family growing through that and everything. So, um, we're not wrapping up the episode yet, just a heads up, but for people who are interested in this, where can they find a copy of this book? Oh, anywhere on, you can get it at any bookstore. Uh, I don't know if it'll be like in bookstores, sometimes, you know, bookstores decide <laughs> what right. books they want in it, but you can definitely find it at any online bookstore. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon books, a million it's christianbook.com. It's there. Okay, cool. And can we buy it directly from you? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, I live in Canada, so I have decided not to do any like direct shipping. So if right. you, if you want, I have some free resources. I suggest a memory verse for each of the fruit of the spirit. And then I have made memory verse posters and cards that go along with each of those. And you can grab those from my website. So if you go to fruit of the spirit you can download all those freebies and then there's links to buy the book online as well. So it just takes you straight to where you need to be. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So now I want to get into a little bit more because you've done all of this research and spent all of this time preparing your book, like about the fruit of the spirit. And one of the things that I feel like I had gleaned from like just my time and processing through in scripture about the fruit of the spirit is I feel like I don't want to say necessarily the penultimate, but like, I think it's interesting that the self-control comes last in the list yeah. because there's a huge part of, I, I believe the self-control, like, um, is almost like one of the necessary ones that requires us to exercise all the other fruit of the spirit. And so I think it's one that is more, um, difficult to like mm -hmm. grasp hold of, you know, and it's like, I have to be disciplined and exercise this self-control. And it's one that we can, I guess, tend to not have the most like bubbly feelings towards, but I think it's really, <laughs> really necessary in order for us to continue to, to choose gentleness, to choose joy, to choose mm -hmm. love and all these other situations. And so I was wondering, did you glean something similar or different or, um, even bigger, bigger picture question. Like what are some of the things about the fruit of the spirit when you were going through and studying this, you were like, wow, this is something that I never picked up just by reading the fruit of the spirit itself. Hmm. 
Well, I would say that self-control almost, you're right. It does kind of seem like the odd man out. And I feel like it's an odd man out in a different way as well. Um, All these other ones feel like, yes, I'm really relying on Jesus for my, my love and my joy and my peace. But then often when we get to self-control, we're like, okay, it's, it's got the word self in it. I got to do this. I got to be disciplined. And we forget that self-control is also a fruit of the spirit. So if we're really struggling with self-control we got to talk to the spirit about that. Yes. <laughs> we got to talk to God about that. And he can help us with that. But one of the things I really noticed, if you look at Jesus and his self-control, often when, when you can really ex- see him ex- exhibiting self-control, like when he's being tempted, um, he's using Bible verses. Like he's using the word to <laughs> help him have self-control. So I think that we really need to know the word and be able to use that. I mean, the Bible calls the Bible, the Bible calls itself the sword of the spirit, right? So we can use that to help us with our self-control. So God has given us himself as a spirit. He's given us the sword of the spirit. (laughs) So those are the kind of these two tools that we need together to exhibit the self-control. Self-control is not really about us just trying our best. It's about using the tools that he has given us, the spirit and the sword of the spirit together to grow in that self-control. We often think it's just about like not having another cookie, right? Yes. (laughs) But I love what you said about like, you can't really have true gentleness if you're not self-controlled, right? If you, if you're smacking your kid, right? (laughs) that's all lack of self-control and a lack of gentleness together. So I like what you said about that, that it really does. It's needed for all these other ones. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you pointed that out too. It's not like because I think sometimes when people think self-control, they're like, grip the wheel tighter, you know, but it's, yeah. it's really like seeking Jesus, clinging to Jesus. Like that is where really like all the fruits come from. Yeah. It's um, like, I just think of the scripture verse that talks about, you will know them by their fruits. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not something that we can really like fake or force. It is something that is literally poured into us like mm-hmm. through the vine. Um, yeah. and so I love that you pointed that out too. Um, anything well, I else? I wonder like, if the word self-control is almost like the, the wrong, um, <laughs> translation or something. Like we think of self-control, like I'm going to control myself, but maybe it's more like self-discipline. Yes. Like, like the fruit of the spirit is the ability to discipline yourself instead of controlling yourself. Cause really, like you said about the, like gripping the wheel, like we actually want to be giving that wheel to God. Right. So yeah. <laughs> letting him have self-control so that we can have self-discipline. Yeah. While we're talking about this, I'm like, I want to look up the fruit of the spirit, like in the blue letter Bible. Have you, oh, yeah. do you use that at all? Sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. There's um, actually a, a big chunk of my kindness section that comes from Greek. <laughs> Thanks to the blue letter Bible. Yes. Okay. So I love that when we can go to like different resources like that and go to really like the roots and get behind it. Um, it's so funny. This one that I just looked up, um, doesn't appear to even address this, just this, this part of blue letter Bible that pulled up anyways, because I, I just was wondering, because I know like patience, Mm-hmm. In some translations, like King James, I think patience is long suffering. Yeah. Or and forbearance. So, I feel like I've seen too. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah. I was just curious. And I wanted to like, look that up of like, I just made that up. (laughs) I'm not thinking about the self-discipline, but it might be true. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, does it in any other translation say something other than self-control? But I think you said self-discipline. Yeah. I think that is one of them. Um, I know that in the one, Ooh, I think it's in Timothy, the one that says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of self-control that is sometimes translated self-discipline instead. Yeah. And this says, um, temperance in King James, which I'm like, huh? Yeah. That's so that's very different from feeling like I'm controlling myself. That is, it's more like discipline, right? Like I'm not going to go extreme. Yeah. Hmm. temperance interesting it does I mean it does break it down to self-control yeah um but I just want now I'm gonna go uh it says the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions especially (laughs) appetites oh really oh yeah okay cool well now we have some (laughs) some more information (laughs) on that self-control temperance um i think it's a bigger word we'll have to do some do some art some of our own research now you all all the listeners have more um to go off of now we've given you some some challenging thoughts and some things to go research on your own because i know when we do that god like really cherishes that time with us and really allows it to speak to our hearts when we take these moments, like, and take them to scripture and take them to him in prayer and allow him to just fully develop this stuff, um, for ourselves. So cool. Temperance, um, Christy, anything else about the fruit of the spirit? That's like just this overarching or like kind of thought shifts that you had while doing this research, like that self-control idea that I had, I think, um, really just that, I was taught and I feel like as I've had these conversations with a lot of people, they were also taught that really just, it's like a list of character traits to memorize or a to-do list, but that's not the point of Galatians. Like if you look at the self-controlled or sorry, the fruit of the spirit section in Galatians, the whole book of Galatians is Paul saying, um, he wants them to know that there's freedom in being in Christ. And he wants them also to know what it looks like for something, someone to be in Christ. So there was this big controversy about whether to be in Christ, you needed to follow the Jewish laws. You need to be circumcised. Well, no, he's saying it's actually somebody who's growing in things like love, joy, and peace. So the fruit of the spirit is just that it's the fruit of abiding in Christ, not something we conjure up on our own. It's really evidence of a life lived in Christ and not, not necessarily I mean, it is the goal, but it's also the evidence that this is something deep in our heart is changing and transforming. So we think of it as like, okay, check. I showed kindness today, but, um, I, I, that was really just a big thought shift that it's not a to-do list. It's not a goal so much, but evidence of me abiding in Christ. So I really want to teach my kids how to do that by that was kind of the whole point of, or part of the point of taking the book out and just focusing it on Jesus is helping our kids. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, let's very specifically do that right now by just learning about Jesus and to do that as well. The whole of scripture is important as well. (laughs) But, um, and then as they're abiding in Christ and seeing how much he loves them and has patience towards them and is gentle, he's the lion and the lamb. um, Then they're going to be able to show that evidence, that fruit in itself. So Oh, one more thing that I was thinking about when I was 
writing this is that when, when we think about fruit, we can't tell an apple tree, okay, go have more apples this year or go grow some oranges this year. We, that's not how you grow more apples in an apple tree. You don't just tell it, okay, this is the goal, go do it. <laughs> in order for your apple tree to grow more fruit, you need to make sure that it's fertilized. You need to make sure that it's getting enough water, that there's no big trees around it, shading it out so that it's getting enough light. You need to make sure that it has what it needs around it. And so if you think about our spiritual life and like that, the fruit of the spirit, we can't just say, okay, be more kind today. Well, we have to backtrack and we have to say, well, how do we, how do we nurture that? Like we would a tree? Well, we have to make sure that we have the light of the world in our lives. We have to make sure that we're getting the living water and that our roots are growing down deep into God's love and keeping us strong. Um, so we have to have that. Those are really our tasks. Our tasks are to make sure that we're abiding in Christ. And then his job is to help us grow this fruit in us. Yeah. I think about the fruit and like, it's this, I mean, gardening season, mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, like I'm up here in Alaska. So my plants just went in the ground recently, like this yeah. past week. Um, but you know, even in, in going through and doing this process, like I think gardening just shows me so much about living and about God's like tender care, but also like just how, how much is not our work almost, you know? So yeah. in, in this, like, just, I love this apple tree analogy that you've done. And, and I think too, with these seeds that they were seeds, I put them in the dirt. I watered them. I made sure they were warm. Then yeah. I made sure that they had enough light to get sprouted, you know, and that they were in a good location, but I was tending to and cultivating and nurturing these seeds for like a month before I then had to go tend the ground and cultivate and like prepare the ground mm -hmm. to put the plants in. And then now it's kind of like God's turn to work a little bit more so to whereas now I'm, I'm a little bit more hands off and it's like trusting that God's going to give them the nutrients, the water, the sunlight that they need to grow. And I think it's such a good picture of like our lives too. Like we can take the seeds and we can cultivate the seeds and tend to and nurture the seeds. We can plant the seeds even, but then there's so much work in the heart that God mm -hmm. does like that is just done through the spirit. Yeah. But then I think of the harvest then on the flip side of that. And like, what do we harvest in the end? It is the fruit that is harvested. Mm. And so all, like just thinking about the fruit of the spirit in that sense is like, it is the result of abiding. Yeah. It's not, mm -hmm. you cannot have that harvest of the fruit before any of the other like work is done. And the work being done really does require that turning to and seeking and just abiding in the vine and allowing him to come in and nurture and cultivate. And so I love that you brought about that apple tree analogy because I love analogies in the first place, <laughs> but then I think that's why I almost like, I, I heard this recently. I don't even remember where it was, but somebody was like, okay, so why did God give us this, um, fruit as this like analogy for this fruit of the spirit? And, um, she had said, I remember now it was one of my clients. She's talking about doing a devotion, not on the fruit of the spirit, but one of the days was about the fruit of the spirit. And it's just because it's something that we can all understand, even at this very elementary level, like my son knows what fruit are Yeah, and, and even breaking it down. Like he helped me plant my seeds. He did, was not allowed in the garden planting the plants because at <laughs> yeah. that point we'd spent so much time cultivating. Um, <laughs> 
but whether you're young or old, you know, no matter what culture you're from, like everybody Mm -hmm. understands this concept of fruit. Um, and just, there's so many different analogies and parallels that I feel like we can draw from it. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks for elaborating Um, on it. (laughs) Yeah. One other thought that I had that has come up for me, um, is this idea somebody had said recently, well, there's not really an opposite of the fruit of the spirit. And I'm like, yeah, there is. It's the fruit it's in of the, the verse flesh. before it. <laughs> yes. And it's like, it comes directly before the fruit of the spirit. But then I also think about, um, this verse in Romans eight, six, and it's just, it keeps coming up, but it talks about like the fruit of the flesh leads to death but fruit of the spirit leads to life and peace. Mm. Um, and so I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but that just like popped into my mind when we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, like this flip side of it, did that come up for you in your research for this book? Um, what is your focus, if any, on the fruit of the flesh, like in terms of your life and your parenting and your discipleship and things like that? Mm. I don't know. I, <laughs> I I feel like we had a little conversation about that at some point. Oh, we were talking about like, why should I bother? Like, why do I even want to grow the fruit of the spirit? And that kind of connects to like, well, is there even an opposite? Is there a, a reason why we would want to do this? And so the analogy that I, here's another analogy for you. I said, imagine you have always lived on the streets and the only way you can survive is by stealing. You sleep in a cardboard box with someone's old jacket as a blanket and you rummage through garbage cans to find food. Then one day the king decides to adopt you as a child. Incredible. You're taken back to his palace, given royal robes, a canopy bed and all the snacks you could ever dream of. But along with your new life, you have to start acting like a child of the king. You need to learn to be a protector, a leader and a helper of God's people. Now imagine you don't want to live like that. So you run away to live on the streets again. You would still be the king's child, but you wouldn't be acting like one. You wouldn't get the perks of living as a child of the king and the king's people won't get the protector and the leader and the helper that they need. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the reasons we want to cultivate the fruit of the spirit is because it's better for our world. It's better for the vulnerable if we are showing gentleness and faithfulness. So it's not just about us. It's about the people around us as well and the, the witness that we give. I love that. So incredibly powerful. Even just you reading that small section, I'm like, so many ideas are coming to (laughs) mind. So I'm going to have to get this and work through it. Maybe my son can have it for his third birthday since yeah, that's right. (laughs) at At that level. Um, I love it. So Christy, if people want to connect with you further, like on maybe a more personal level or to get to know more about you and your business and your ministry and stuff like that, where can people find you other than fruit of the spirit book.com? Well, if you go to fruit of the spirit book.com and you go to the top and it says, take you to the main website, you can just go there. Or if you want to go straight to my main website, it's little shoots, um, And then that's my handle on Instagram as well. Little shoots, deep roots. Okay. And that's probably the place that I'm most active. I've tried Facebook kind of a dud recently. So, okay. (laughs) I like Instagram better. So you can, you can DM me there if you like to, if you have questions. Awesome. Well, I will definitely include those links in the show notes as well. So you guys will be able to just scroll down um, and click on those and connect with Christy, learn more about this incredible devotion, all of her other books that she's written, um, her ministry and so much more. And, um, Christy, one last question before Mm -hmm. we go. What does intentional abundance mean to you? 
Hmm. I think it means exactly what you were just talking about about five minutes ago, where we are, we are the ones who are intentionally putting the seeds in the ground and watering them and attaching ourselves to the vine, I guess, if you want to mix your metaphors a little bit. <laughs> and it, so that we can get this abundance of this fruit of the spirit of more of God in our lives. Um, we have to be intentional about it. It's not just going to happen by accident. But when we are intentional about it, these beautiful things are happening in our lives. And there's going to be an abundance of patience and peace and joy. And who doesn't want those things in their lives? So that's what it means to me. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I think it's so important that you point that out too. And just this connection to the fruit of the spirit. And I'm like, yeah, when I talk about abundance, it's truly what I mean is an abundance mm -hmm. of the fruit of the spirit, because man, living in the will of God and just abiding in him and connecting in him and being like connected to that vine. There's so much richness, mm -hmm. um, other than, you know, when you're not connected, you're not being nurtured, you're not being filled up. It's, it's very, very different. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on here, Christy. I know I loved this conversation about the fruit of the spirit. I hope all of you listeners did as well. And if you have any takeaways, any thoughts, anything like that, please join us over in the intentional abundance community, because I would love to hear. And maybe Christy, even though she's not big on Facebook right now, <laughs> uh, might join us in there and be able to participate in that conversation as well. So thank you to the listeners. Thank you to you, Christy, and God bless you all. I hope you have a wonderful day.